After 300 years of slumber, three sister witches are accidentally resurrected in Salem on Halloween night. And it is up to three kids and their newfound feline friend to put an end to the witches' reign of terror once and for all. Hi, my name is Andre. I'm Michelle. I'm Emily. And I'm Luis. And we're the Walt Vault Podcast, our podcast about Disney movies. Welcome to the Walt Vault Podcast. Hello, I'm Andre. Who else is here with me? I'm Michelle. Hey, everybody. I'm Emily. Nice to be here. And I am Luis. I got dragged into this. That's right. We dragged Luis into this podcast. That's going to be about Disney movies. Um, This first episode is about Hocus Pocus, which we all recently watched. Guys, what do you think of Hocus Pocus? First impressions? Yeah, what are your first impressions? Book! That's basically the best part. I mean, come on. What about you, Emily? Well, my first impression, like if I'm going to give it a one-word response, it would be bomb.com, and that is one word because, you know, there's no space. There's a dot. But it's an amazing 90s movie. It's a classic, and even though it got like a 33% rating, it's so much better than that. Yeah, Rotten Tomatoes doesn't know what they're talking about. It's fine. According to Rotten Tomatoes, uh, Hocus Pocus has a 30%. uh, That's even worse than I thought. Now, that score is based off of critics' reviews at the time, you know? So, in 1993, they didn't love this witch movie starring Bette Midler, I guess, and Sarah Jessica Parker. Well, I was two years old, and I still would have given it a better grade than 30%. I think what the critics were thinking, it was too soon and too close to the Salem Witch Trials, so... It was poor timing for that movie. <laughs> That's why I think it got a 33. Maybe. That's right. Possibly. That's probably true. I That's mean, it was only, you know, 400 years later, but even then, probably too soon. Yeah. If we want to get technical, it was like 300, but okay, history major, go ahead. Most of the, most of the headlines for Hocus Pocus are like, mm, hashtag too soon. Definitely too soon. Uh, Luis, so what did, you, what did you think upon watching Hocus Pocus this time? Hmm. Well, I needed to get over the fact that the main witch sister kind of looked like it. <laughs> so, and by it, I mean Pennywise the clown. But besides that, uh, so it was the hair. Is actually, it the, hair? the hair, the whole lipstick, and she kind of had that smile with the you know sagging bottom lip thing going. So, okay. pretty much the whole thing. She had them teeth, them Pennywise teeth. I can see it. I can see it. But she wouldn't be Pennywise. She would be like half a cent wise or something because I did not like her one bit. All right. What about you, Andre? Winifred. Uh, I enjoyed this movie a lot upon watching it this time. Like it was uh, it was very silly and very fun. Like I think when I watched it as a kid, uh, it was probably like scary because I didn't like scary stuff all that much back then. I was only two when this movie came out, but I it, it comes on every single Halloween. It's like a cult classic or whatever. So I think I I, I don't know this this time it, it was fun to just reminisce and it got it got me in the nostalgia part of my brain rather than like the this is a great movie part of my brain. I think that's why it's hard to be objective about this one too because I look at it and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is my childhood. Like every single Halloween, it would yeah. come on and you'd be like, oh my god, let's you know drink hot cocoa it's or a something. classic 90s movie now i want to drink beer while i watch it but it's the same idea yeah. gives me the same feelings had this movie been created in the 80s i would have fell in love with it because the 80s were the best decade for movies however looking back at it i honestly thought this movie was created back in like 98 i never knew it was created in 1992 First time I ever saw it was on the Disney Channel as 93. a twelve year old. Ninety three. Ninety three. That's 90, my birth year. It was definitely ninety three. Um, <laughs> about that. So wait, you think that <laughs> there's you, a child? You think that it would be better if it was in the eighties? I think so. I mean, like, what would have been different about it? He would have wanted Molly Ringwald to be well, Bette Midler instead. <laughs> that's what he would have wanted. First off, Molly Rig- Ringwald would not have been Bette Midler. She would have been the Allison girl in the movie. Allison. Yabos. 
But anyways, going back to my, I guess, statement. I mean, look at their fashion. That's a little bit uh, late 80s type of fashion. Maybe going a bit further down to like 86. So that's why I would think it'd be an awesome 80s movie. I don't know. Winifred has those classic witch green and black striped tights. That's totally a 90s thing. Louis. I figured it was more like a 1400s. Oh, I was going to say yeah, 1693 <laughs> when it was when it was supposed to <laughs> when have it been. Was set. But our main character, uh, Max, he does wear a very brightly colored tie-dye shirt. Oh, that's only in like the first scene, though. Yeah. In the rest of the movie, he wears like a plain blue sweater. And I think they're jacket. trying to like emphasize the fact that he's from L.A. That's right. Which California. Yeah. I'm just going to throw in there that nobody wears tie-dye, even in the 90s. Like, no. I made a tie-dye shirt when I was probably eight years old. It was purple. It was very cool, and I lost it immediately. I have no idea where that shirt was. No, your mom probably thought it was butt ugly and threw it away or something. Wrong. I'm going to ask your mom. <laughs> Mommy, wrong. Mom, I had a tie-dye green shirt. It was the worst shirt I have ever owned. I do not even know why I got it. And this was during Sun In era. Oh, you bought this shirt. You well, let me explain what Sun In era is for our listeners. We didn't really introduce ourselves earlier because we're silly like that. But I happen to be married to one of these other people on the podcast. His it's name not is me. Luis. Not not Andre. Not His name is Luis. And I love to make fun of Luis because there was an era in his lifetime when he thought he wanted to be Eminem, the rapper. And he used sun in, in his hair to dye it lighter color. And so during the sun in era was when he got this tie-dye oh green shirt. Like, I know this is only audio and you can't see Luis, but <laughs> imagining him with <laughs> Eminem hair is probably the funniest thing that I've imagined all day. And I watched Hocus Pocus early. <laughs> Mostly because um, I guess my personality isn't very um, aggressive and angry like Eminem. It's more, I'm more like grouchy, not angry. Um, however, yeah, Sunnin era. Sunnin is a box of lies because it does nothing <laughs> that it promises. So instead of getting bleach, blonde, beach hair, I got a little bit of orange a little bit of red and just a smidget of green towards my ears. You know what? It, it would have worked in this movie. Did you see the guy named Ice and he had it carved in the back of his hair? Couldn't have gotten worse than that. Very 90s. My hair. name his name's Ernie. No, it's no, Ice. It's Ice. Hey man. I'm going by Ernie. By Ice now. <laughs> Too much. Anyways, so let's talk about the director Kenny Ortega. The First thing I think of when I think of Kenny Ortega coming from a Disney Channel movie perspective is he directed all the high school musical movies. I did not know that because I have not watched any of those movies. I'm going to throw it out there as well that I have never, being a musical theater person, I have never, ever watched any of the high school musical movies. And I don't know if I will ever do that unless we will. Oh, God. Unless (laughs) someone asks for it. I don't know if I'll ever do it. I, I also love musical theater, and those movies seemed like uh, everything that I didn't want to watch. That was pre Zac Efron being beautiful, too, so I'm just going to throw that out there. Luis, did you ever see those? No. <laughs> wow. Well, good thing we're not talking about those movies on this episode. Um, oh, hey, I have a, a fun fact about um, the director of this movie. Um, so this this movie in 1993 was supposed to be directed by Steven Spielberg, actually. Um, So uh, David Kirshner and Mick Garris, both of whom had collaborated with Steven Spielberg in the past, they set up the project at Disney in the mid eighties and both of them pitched it uh, to Spielberg and he prompt, he turned it down immediately. He said he had no intention of working with Disney, whom he saw as his biggest competitor. This is in 1990. Um, Spielberg would eventually collaborate with the Disney Studios within a few years, but by the time Hocus Pocus was finally being made, the filmmaker had long abandoned it. Suck it, Disney. I'm Steven Spielberg. I don't want to direct your little movies. Well, I'm just going to throw out there that with that, can you imagine if Spielberg had actually directed it? But did you guys know, same kind of topic, that Mary 
the Sanderson sister, right? The three. Louise, that's the one with the brown hair. Just have to clarify. Thank you. Mary was supposed to be played by Rosie O'Donnell. Oh. And um, Max, the leading character, was supposed to be played by, are you ready? Leo DiCaprio. <laughs> okay, now I really wish it was Leonardo DiCaprio <laughs> because that actually would have been good, but Rosie O'Donnell, no. I'm going to go. You can't take away those three classic Sanders sisters and how sarah jessica parker is sarah jessica parker i agree i don't like, think rosie o'donnell would have done no, a better job i don't but think so leo, leo possibly i would have been okay with that i'm imagining a movie about magic directed by steven spielberg starring leonardo dicaprio coming out hot mess it'd be the hottest mess this this particular movie like the same exact script with Leonardo DiCaprio, directed by Steven Spielberg. It'd be, it'd be the most beautiful disaster that we've ever seen. It'd be incredible to watch. Incredibly um, sad. And, you know, I think it might have gotten a 29% on Rotten Tomatoes. Just 1% less? <laughs> but, but wouldn't it be funny if Leo actually won the Oscar for that movie? Instead this would have been his first Oscar? <laughs> yes. yes. Or no. Instead of having a way, you know... To get mauled by a bear. And pretty much get an Oscar for crawling and growling and looking at people with angry eyes. He put um, a spell on But anyways, that, that I, I just think it would have been funny if it was his first Oscar. I agree. This is true. He jumps out of, what was that show that he was on? Was it Growing Pains? He was excellent in Growing Pains. Let me tell you that. I, I love that I liked show. Growing Pains a lot. He was on Growing Pains? He was on Growing Pains. He, yes, he, he like came in like on one of the later seasons and he like... He was like a cousin or something or some random orphan that they brought he, in off the street or something like that. He was kind of like the uh, uh, the friend that grew up in a very, in a very rough environment. Right. And they kind of took him in. You know, he was like the little troublemaker. So it was like did. before he was in the movie Departed. <laughs> yes. This was in Pre-departed. the 90s. Pre-Departed. Leo. Okay. Hmm. Anyway. How interesting. Once again, he's not our lead. Uh, the guy who played Max in this movie, his name is Omri Katz. Um, did you guys like his performance? I thought he played a virgin very well. <laughs> uh, we were talking about this earlier. How many times is the word virgin said in this movie? I actually tried to Google that, and so many things popped up about the interesting fact of the emphasis placed on being a virgin and how it almost is like how dare he be a virgin at whatever age he was i like, know and is it because it's a witch movie like i i don't know it's just the virgin so if any of our listeners out there decide to watch this movie let us know how many times is the word virgin mentioned in this movie because it's a lot do you think like what is what is what is so special about being a virgin that creates so many problems for this movie because like okay the the main thing is that in the the skin book. What is that book called? Did the book have a name? Book. <laughs> the book of spells. In the book of spells, it says via the devil. Oh, that's right. The devil wrote it. So the devil's like, wait. That that's wait. that's the reason. Wait. The devil wrote that book. Luis was coughing during that part of the movie, so I thought he might not catch that. If any of you guys know Luis, he is not cool with like you know. You made me watch that movie. <laughs> they it were was, they were the bad guys, Luis. They were. Did you what do you think? See the scene from? where they were like, oh, "Our master." See, I didn't mind any of that, but mm. moving along. Go ahead, Andre. Move along. <laughs> it so, was it was like bound in human skin, Lou. Right. I thought that was pleather. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people leather, pleather. <laughs> Uh, so okay, that that makes more sense now that I think about it. The devil is the one who's putting all of this minutia into bringing the witches back. Only a virgin can do it because the devil is into virgins. I don't. <laughs> it has to do I with if we're really going to get technical. It really has to do with the fact that back then a virgin was seen as pure, with innocence. no evil, uh-huh. with innocence. So someone who has been like tainted couldn't have risen them from the dead because their essence wasn't pure enough. Let's talk about tainted. <laughs> okay. Yes, please. Okay, here's the deal. 
let's talk about the scene where he's like trying to be super cool, Max, right? Like they're in the house. Danny's like, no, don't do it, right? Which I'm going to, we'll talk about Danny in a little bit, who I think is the coolest younger sister on any movie ever. Danny's like usually great. younger sisters just make you want to pull your hair out. Anywho. Um, <laughs> Says the only child. I am an only child, so I've never had a younger sister. So Andre will tell us all about younger sisters and so will Michelle. Danny reminds me a lot of my little sister, actually. And I'm just going to say that Imani is amazing. So shout out to Imani. Also, first off, she's, she's not our first shout out. Oh, my God. Okay, <laughs> moving on. All right, let's move on. Let's, uh, let's talk about the plot a little bit. So um, this movie starts with the witches draining the life of a, of a young girl, which is... Okay, so they they looked old, right? But I don't think that they looked that old. They could have looked older as like old, ugly, evil witches. Oh yeah, for sure. They were still pretty attractive for how old they were. And honestly, I thought that's how they looked at first until they sucked the life force out of that child and they changed. I was like, oh, right. that's what they looked like. The change is like not that noticeable when they when they go and they even make like a little joke there they they like look in the mirror they're like we're young we're young well younger well and you know it's kind of funny because Luis and i was talking about this earlier i think that now of course like now we're gonna get into the technicalities of magic mm-hmm. <laughs> but i'm thinking that we're like taking the years off the kid right like we're we're stealing the kids years yeah. that she would have lived type of a thing so maybe they're only getting like 80 years younger not like oh. 700 years younger does that make sense yeah. hmm. but in that case because like why wouldn't they take the lives of adults because they're right. already old oh okay you know they have okay. less years to live i don't know see i'm so getting all they technical. gotta they gotta get through like 30 kids or something like that just to make sure that they can stay alive for that's what i'm saying winifred needs a lot more though she's gonna need like 50 yeah, Bette, Winifred. <laughs> this was not Bette, Bette Midler's most beautiful role. I'm just going to throw it up. <laughs> As we know, because we compared her to Pennywise the Clown earlier. <laughs> oh, we're so mean. Well, that's, um, of course, it's the new Pennywise, not the old one. Just right, clear yeah, that no. out. Who is more beautiful? Yeah. Oh, in, in a clown sense. Yeah, with his teeth and his eyes. What's his name? Paul Skarsgård? Skarsgård. 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 That's Peter Spar Scars. Scars Scars. Scar Scar. Oh, uh, okay, so I had a I had a hard time telling if Bette Midler's teeth in this movie were real or not. I wasn't sure <laughs> if they were Definitely fake. They're they're uh, they're so big that they couldn't possibly be real, but at the same time, like I they couldn't fit her they so didn't well. look fake, exactly. They looked like they've belonged right in her mouth it was, it was the best the best prop in in this movie aside from the flying vacuum oh, I was just gonna say that the flying vacuum has to be the best prop of the movie hands down it, it there is so much to say about this stupid vacuum it's so <laughs> fantastic like when would you ever feel like you have to talk about a vacuum but seriously well and how do you say her last name kathy najimi najini Seriously, she everything about her, obviously her flying on a vacuum is hilarious, but everything about her in her acting, her mouth, the way that she moves it, the way she smiles, her little yes, yes. she's hilarious. Like everything she does in this movie Winnie. literally <laughs> Winnie. Literally just watch the movie and watch her and Sarah Jessica Parker running around in the background and it's already comedic without any of the commentary. I feel like we should vote on like who our favorite Sanderson sister is because I hands down believe Sarah Jessica Parker is hilarious because she's just so boy crazy about everything. I mean, how many all the time she's kissing a guy at the party. She's getting on the bus. The bus scene. Let's talk about the bus. The problem that I have with Sarah Jessica Parker's character, Sarah. Is that like most of the men that she goes after are very young, very very young. She went to that that party and just started making out with a mummy that couldn't have been older than seventeen. Well, she is about three hundred years old, so no matter who she goes after, they're going to be younger than her. That's true, but she also does weird stuff like say, "Come, little children, I'll take thee away." Well, while she's molesting, like, the poor broom. Like, the right. broom's just trying to get, like, from point A to point B. Like, let it go, girl. Let it go. I thought that was a great solo. I mean, 
It was. She has uh, a beautiful voice. I yeah. I understand why all the children ran toward her. But don't do it, kids. Don't do it. <laughs> okay, so now that we've got the basic plot of the movie, we've talked about the characters, the Sanderson sisters, amazing. He lit the candle, and then now they're here, and they're trying to figure out what world they're in. They've been, how many years have they been asleep for? 300. 300 years. By far, one of my favorite moments is when they're like, a black river, but it's just a road. So they have a lot of not-so-great knowledge about modern times, but then at the same time, they walk into a party and sing a 50s song. So, questionable. Strong choice. Strong choice to have Bette Midler sing uh, like a full song in this movie. And the, the Sanderson sisters as backup singers and Fantastic. dancers was amazing. I'm going to throw out there, though. Are you ready for this? I think, sorry, Lou, don't get crazy. I think that part of their spellbinding witchery <laughs> is that the devil, sorry, gave them the power to bewitch people with song. Okay, think about it, because Sarah Jessica Parker sings and the children come to them. And what does Bette Midler do to the parents in the party? She sings and hypnotizes them till they dance until they die. Because they're going to dance till they dead, right? No, but seriously, she is going to just sing along. Now, is it does she just like listen to the song like the 30 seconds before and know everything? Probably not. But I think that that is like people like to give that moment a hard time in the movie, but it is so pivotal because it shows that they are they're more than just kid witches. Right. They're very I mean? powerful. They're adult witches too. I mean, they straight up like coyed these parents into letting them abduct their children. Right. That's pretty legit. Like, you go girl. The only one that doesn't sing really is Mary. Miss Kathy Naj- Najimi. She's just there. She's just there. <laughs> you know what? She she didn't get any of the singing powers, but she did get like sniffing, sniffing powers. Out. Oh man, she uses her. She's nose. a. D- yes. Oh my gosh, that just made sense to me. She sniffs out them, and that's why she that's why she barks. Do you notice she barks throughout the movie? She's a dog. Maybe she, she was a dog in a past life. She was a dog because she literally barks the whole time, and I couldn't figure yeah, out why she, she was barking. Okay, so they turned Thackeray Binks into a cat. Do you think they they turned a dog into a witch? <gasps> and that's where Mary came from. Like she's not even actually their sister; she's a dog that they had. <laughs> I actually like that. It, the only reason Fan I would conspiracy. say no. The only reason I would say no is because every time they talk about their mother, they all do the mother, <gasps> right? That's true. So unless yeah. they, unless the dog called mom mother, who knows? Maybe family dog. It's a family dog. You know, <laughs> it wasn't just some stray. <laughs> it wasn't some stray. That's right. Oh, can we talk about... I wrote Mary as a dog. I wrote that. Oh, did? Oh, good, good, good. (laughs) Wrote that down. Can we talk about... Since we're on the animal subject, let's talk about Mr. Binks here for a second. Yes. Okay. So you guys tell me what you think about this one because I have a couple ideas, but he's a cat Mm -hmm. and he talks, but he only talks when it's convenient. Right. Sometimes he does meow like he doesn't have to talk. It's not like all his meows were replaced with speaking... But, like, you think that he didn't realize that he could talk, like, when his dad's kicking him away in the freaking 1600s? That's right. In the very beginning. You think, like, he doesn't know how to talk there, or he's like, I don't realize I know how to talk, or it took him centuries to figure out how to talk? Maybe. Maybe he developed that over time. Like, why didn't they just go into the town hall and be like, Mom and Dad, look at this talking cat. Now, you believe us? (laughs) They cursed me. They're still alive. Help. I'm a cat. (laughs) I feel like they probably just would have killed the cat, though. If there was a talking cat, they would have been like, witchery, and then just killed the cat. So we really haven't gotten any farther in history versus, like, witch He's immortal. Maybe they did kill the cat. Maybe they tried to drown him, and he just got out of the water. Or maybe he wasn't able to talk until that candle was lit. Oh, like that invoked another part of magic upon... I think that's good. That's a really good one. Uh, so only until they were al- good job, Lou. Mm. I like that. I mean, I guess it gave him a reason to talk, if you will. But here's what I because no other stupid virgin had done what <laughs> the one thing he had put, set out to do. Okay, Guard that candle. So I'm going to talk about a very interesting, uh, kind of a little bit of a side dish, if you will. 
Um, on the subject of talking black cats, I'd like to pose this question to my fellow podcasters. Mm-hmm. In a cat fight, <coughs> who would win? Binks or Salem from Sabrina the Teenage Witch? Ooh, oh. two talking cats, one ring. Uh, <laughs> fight. <laughs> fight. I can't remember. Can they both not die? You know what? Um, Binks certainly cannot die. Um, I don't remember Salem ever dying, but from my understanding... Salem is, is a lot more old. sassy. That's He's exactly old. what I said earlier. Yeah. If it was a like sassy fight, if it was not like a physical fight... Then for sure, Salem, Salem would totally win. But Luis posed that Binks is really brave. You know, Binks has been around the block... He's smart, so too. Maybe he would be able to, quote-unquote, fight better. But he's not really a fighter. I don't know. There was a couple of times where I saw him jump on top of a witch or get in the way of one of the witches to try to help someone out. So, And when it comes to that kind of aspect, because he is a bit braver, I think he's, he's more of a uh, scrapper in a fight. So that's why I think he would win the cat fight. Salem is kind of like, you know, that one kid who likes to, you know, make fun of you and do all this but when you kind of stand up to him he kind of you know uh, squimpers away Mm -hmm. the only thing that i remember about salem from sabrina the teenage witch is that like yeah he was sassy i also remember him getting like really fat once i don't remember why but he got real fat and couldn't move a lot that was a funny episode i don't know if thackeray could use that to his advantage in this cat fight wait who who? salem will just sit on binks or something (laughs) yeah sumo him out of the ring or he could just just eat Binks, and maybe that'd be the only way he could die. I'm voting Binks. I think I, I think I've, I think I'm gonna vote for Thackeray. Yeah, Thackeray Binks as well. I think I'm gonna say Salem because I'm gonna hope that he can talk his way out of that situation. Because I know I'm not a fighter, but I'm gonna talk my way out of any situation I get myself in. True. What about you, Lou. You would say that statement, wouldn't you, Emily? That's rude. No, I no, will no, talk no. about this with you later. No, 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 no. <laughs> I mean it in a in a good way because I mean, it is true. Salem was very very snippy, but with that said, I think that could end up being his worst, I guess, trait. Because I don't know, Zachary isn't very angry either. So Zachary with a th. Zachary isn't very angry. So Zachary's a bad name. Can I say that? Zachary. I think someone has sounds a list like they're they trying to say. The- Okay, so we have Thackeray Binks. Zachary? Zachary? Oh, yeah, it no. sounds like Thack- someone Thackley. has a list. My name is Thackeray. I'm like Thacker. Okay, stop. All right. <laughs> but this is a really good turning point here because I, well, okay, usually I like to make fun of other people. I'm not usually very good at people making fun of me. I will throw it out there, but I'm going to make fun of myself she right now. She can dish it, but can't take it. Thank you, Louise. <laughs> so. Just so everyone knows, up until about two years ago, I thought that this movie and that um, Salem witch trials took place in Salem, Oregon, right? Because I, probably because we're on the West Coast, and I, you know, I'm very. It's a California-based podcast. Uh, yeah, and, and I just think everything's about us. So I totally <laughs> thought that Salem and witch trials happened in Washington. Um, obviously not. Um, actually, happened in what? What did you say? Oh, Oregon. Well, look, I don't even know what I'm talking about. There you go. Oregon. West Coast, Salem. West Coast. But actually, it happened in Massachusetts, right? And Luis and I actually just got back from Massachusetts two days ago. Yeah. And we visited Salem, which was really cool. Um, Just so you know, it does feel witchy there. I do think that the witchies, you know, I mean, obviously people were killed there, but witchy McWitches. And just so you guys know, the scenes were filmed there a lot of the scenes oh. from the movie where where's was everybody in salem as excited and hyped about halloween as they were in this movie because they loved halloween when max said that he didn't care about halloween in the beginning of the movie they're all like boo <laughs> we hate you go back to california no halloween's great and i like halloween too but I, i'm not i wouldn't get that defensive of it i wouldn't get that defensive either and I wouldn't. I don't know if people are that hyped, but I will say that literally people were in costume walking down the street on a Friday night. Which maybe it's just because it's 
October and people are in that mood. But legitimately, people were in costume. There was like fairs everywhere. Nightlife was crazy. And not just like bars and partying. I mean like kids and everything out and about. So it it was pretty it was pretty much a thing there. Definitely. It was a very developed town, if I may add. My whatever any thought I had on Salem, I kinda pictured it being like a very old, quaint kind of a fourteen hundreds. Not fourteen hundreds, <laughs> but but a very old, quaint, you know, Vermont neighborhood or, yeah. or city. But it was pretty kind of upbeat, almost. That I would have to say is probably the size of you know Turlock, California, seventy thousand people. Um, That's where we're from, everybody. It definitely did. And everyone's gonna be like, "What's the size of that?" It definitely did not give me. I got a different vibe from it while being there. And like I said, I was completely picturing kind of like an old school, quaint, small town. But that, it was not a small town. I'll, I'll tell you that much. Plenty busy. Plenty busy. Definitely. And to I answer whoever asked um, what kind of uh, in, like environment and, and what people thought of Halloween, I would have to say it's about 50-50. You know, you'll have you, those that are like all about it and everything. And then you'll have those that are oh, more tourists. We don't just dress up in Halloween costumes all year long, people. Come on. All right. Very cool. On a different note, I have a theory about the book. I don't know if any of our listeners are Harry Potter fans out there, but what are the odds that her book is a horcrux? Like if they were to make a sequel and like Winifred's body was just in the book and she came back to life. Because at the end, at the end of the movie, the, the book opens its eye again. I did see that. Remember that? I, I saw, yes. And I was wondering, because, like, they didn't really set up how they were going to come back. I mean, Winifred, she, she did a spell as they were about to be hanged. And then after a very specific set of circumstances, ceremonial circumstances, they came back to life. And I think that the spell book was the 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 the, the cause of all of that. Oh, I totally Horcrux. agree. I... I think that the spell book is the determining factor. And in the idea of a horcrux, if you know Harry Potter, I would say that that's that's a good... I I actually really like that. I'm sitting here thinking about it, and I think that without the book, there's no way that they could come back. If they didn't have the book, for sure, there's no way they would come back. But the book is still magical in itself. Yes. Like, it has powers by itself. It had been awakened. It can't be destroyed. There's a lot of Horcrux crossover. Well, Just and I mean, they open the book like stupids. Allison and Max open the book when they're back at his house and it immediately calls to them. So it shows that it has not only its own magical properties, but it's it's connected a connection. to them. That's it's right. not just it's not just like a magical item like mm-hmm. a wand or yeah. well, actually wands have connections, but let's not get technical. There's a lot of Harry Potter connections in this movie. J.K. Rowling. Speaking of wands, they don't have wands in this movie, but Winnie does have a very cool power. Oh, she totally uses force lightning on a bunch of people in this movie. It's great. I love it every time she does. And I think I think they probably use like that lightning effect because it was probably a pretty cheap thing for them to to add in without. And actually, it was effects. pretty cool for but a it, 90s it looks effect. Pretty good, especially were, an early 90s. Effect. There were a couple effects in this movie that that looked pretty good. There was the the. The force lightning, and then also Binks his like animatronic body. At one point, he gets run over by that bus, and when it when his chest rises up out of himself, it it looked very creepy and also very real. Luis actually went when that happened. I think he forgot that it actually happened, and then he kind of like grimaced and what when it happened. You know, another effect that I really liked in this movie was the floor rumbling when they were first coming back so it would like turned green and there was a little bit of smoke and then the light started popping off like the electricity um was i don't know if the electricity was popping it was like yeah it was like oversurging the place all the modern stuff that they had thrown in there and it looked i like even i was like oh that would be super scary if that happened magic has returned to salem it was cool michelle did you want to talk about the music of the movie Oh, the music, of course. So, let's see, we would have, like, what, our two basic songs, the one that Sarah sings, which we've talked about, super creepy, 
and children are just zombies when she sings it, but it's a very nice and jeering song. Can I ask you a question before I move on? What do you yes. think about how... S- okay, so when she sings it, children come a flocking. Yeah? A muck, a muck. A, a muck, a muck. <laughs> and so a muck, a muck, how old is the child? Oh. Because only... It, did Danny start walking? Under 18? No, they took Danny. She she covered her ears, right? Yeah, but like Max and Allison were under 18 and didn't get affected. Well, I when think they, they she knew was better. They were covering their ears. Because if you heard it, because remember it, like in the scene with the parents, they were like, cover your ears. When they were singing the, I'll put a spell on you. One of those. Yeah, I guess if you can't hear it, then it, then it doesn't affect you. But also when... So when Sarah's singing the song towards the end, when she's getting all of the kids to come to the the house, there's a bunch of kids, and they're all of like varying ages. It looks like like there's a couple of teenagers, I think, walking around. They're like in regular pajamas, and then there's a bunch of kids like who are still in their Halloween outfits, even though it's like five in the morning. And because their parents never came home to take them out of their that's outfits. That's right, because the parents are still dancing to death. I don't know if I was one of those kids, I'd be in bed ready. To go to sleep because I have school the next day and I need to be well rested for Luis. Ed- my education. Luis has I'm been just a, saying. Luis has been a 35 year old man since he was eight. <laughs> Correction, since <laughs> I was five. Can we all tell what Luis's educational, <laughs> what he does for a living? I think we know. Move along. His school is very important for Luis. Uh, Stay in school, kids. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Moving on. School is cool. All right. Um, so we do like that song, and I think everyone you hear it and it immediately takes you to you know nostalgia. Um, but what about the other song, Michelle? What do you think about that one? Um, little children. Oh no, I'm talking about I oh, put wait. a spell on you. Oh, oh, Andre wait. just wants to sing. Uh, I mean, that, that's a that classic Halloween song. I love it, but I still don't understand how they know that song. Are they just? Because, I mean, if I had the power to wake up 300 years later and know every song from every era, that'd be really cool. But I love it. And their little backup singing from Sarah and Mary. So long. <laughs> That's right. So long. So long. So long. I told you, Andre just wants having, to sing. I'm he's fun he's totally into singing um, uh, Yeah, that, that, that song, I Put a Spell on You, uh... Oh, I actually don't have any information about this. Uh, I think. <laughs> oh, it was a it was a poem by Nina Simone. What is that right? In 1991? I don't think that's I don't think that's right. I'm re- I'm I'm reading I'm reading misinformation. Um, I was going to don't say quote us on that. that the the music um, it was composed all of the the like the score was composed by a man named John Debney who has done music for other movies like uh, The Jungle Book and Elf. And Iron Man 2. Uh, you know, just some other Iron Man. Disney. I love Iron Man. Boo, Iron Man. <laughs> I'm sure we'll have this conversation right, later. Yeah, we'll talk about Marvel movies later. But oh, I he really also did The Iron Emperor's Man. New Groove. How fun. Oh. Fun stuff. I actually can't remember like any of this, the score off the top of my head. So you guys don't get to hear me sing that. Sorry. Mm. I know you're upset. About the llama movie? I'm disappointed. <laughs> no, from this movie. From oh. Hocus Pocus. I will say that there are some problems with this movie. Go so on. I actually have them highlighted on my <laughs> note-taking sheet here. <laughs> so one of the problems that I have is that Michelle actually brought this up earlier, how they did a really good job in some parts where the witches wake up 300 years later and don't know what the Black River is, right? And mm-hmm. it's actually the pavement. So that was a really cool, fun scene because yes. you see them discovering the world. You see them discovering the buses, the cars, the different things. But So they're doing all of that, but then at the end of the movie, Winnie comes up next to Max flying who's on driving, her yes. flying on her broomstick, and is like, let me see your driver's permit. <laughs> Pull over. It's fantastic. But hilarious, but does not fit. Does yes. not fit whatsoever. And here's another one. Billy, 
the dead boyfriend, right? Oh, yeah, who we was, haven't even talked about him yet. Who was Winifred's lover, who she cursed and killed and, like, sewed up his lips and things. So that he could never talk bad about her. Thank yes. you. Well, actually, it was because he was having an affair with Sarah. With Sarah. Drama. Yeah. Totally family drama here. When he finally gets woken up to get the kids and all of that, and they cut open his mouth so he can talk... Most of the time, they have his mouth blacked out. So that would be more accurate. I mean, obviously, I don't know how he mm-hmm. would be preserved the way he is, but we'll, we'll we'll let that go. But in some of the scenes, you can see his teeth. And I was oh, very I never even seriously noticed. looking at his mouth, and you could see his teeth in half of them, and then the next scene, it would be blacked out. Interesting. So just for, for consistency i'm just gonna throw that out there and here's another one this one's not a problem this is just like my problem with max in one of the scenes when you look at his bed he has mother's cookies like straight up yes mother's cookies in his bed like yes we talked about that Take just mother's cookies out of your bed just cookies he's a teenager you know so you know he he's got uh cookie cravings he's a growing boy leave him alone and ducks on his blankets i don't know i said that too andre you would say that did you have cookies in your bed max has the coolest room in history it literally says cool room on my thing because (laughs) that is literally the coolest room it's so cool Uh, so there there this is another inconsistency with this movie they're they're just now moving into this to this house in salem the whole family. When Max walks into the door from coming home from school, he has like like his parents are still unpacking boxes and stuff like that. And then you get up into his room and it's already completely unpacked and already messy. Like he's got stuff all over the place. But his room is awesome because he's got he's got a drum kit set up. He has a desk with a computer on in nineteen ninety three. I don't even know what he's doing on that. He's got a staircase that leads up to like the cool tower that their house has on top of it. I would never be in the room. I'd always be in that tower thing. Right. Just hanging out in there. Read a nook. Looking at your minions. I knew he was going to say something <laughs> about minions. <laughs> so hold on. Let's come back to Billy. Yes. Now, I feel if anybody's nice going to, um, well, I mean, I guess this is an odd topic. You know, who would ever write a book about um, how to properly date a witch? But if anybody's going to write a book about that, it's definitely going to be Billy. Uh, Billy... Oh my God! I remember. (laughs) Yes, his memoirs. Um, He was dating the main witch, and guys, I'm terrible with names, so please forgive me. There you go. And he cheated on her with Sarah. Correct. So I feel that if anybody's going to be able to write a book on what not to do when you date a witch, (laughs) it's going to be him. Chapter one: Don't date the most powerful witch. Chapter 2, don't date that most powerful witch who is also very mean. Chapter 3, don't kiss her sister. (laughs) Chapter 4, don't let her find out. Chapter 5, don't talk bad about her or else she'll sew your lips shut. Chapter 6, oops, I'm dead. (laughs) And that would be it. Chapter 7, I can't believe she brought me back. And chapter 8... God, I hate her. <laughs> the end. Oh, wait, no. Epilogue. I'm dead again. <laughs> Good night. The story of Billy the zombie. I re-died. <laughs> Still dead. Um, okay, we're, we're nearing uh, the end of our episode here. Um, Ooh, can I say one good thing that I did notice? Yes, of Besides course. the cookies in the bed, because, you know, I obviously would notice that. Do you guys know that when Binks died... So, like, when he, as the cat at the end, he finally is getting his final resting, right? Because yes. Sanderson sisters are dead. Yes. He is going to go on to the great beyond with his sister. Which is nice. Did you notice that the cat died, or the cat died again, mm-hmm. on his sister's grave? I, I did, did not, not notice that. So, the oh. gravestone is actually Emily, my name, <laughs> Binks's Emily Banks's gravestone. Wow. Nice touch. I didn't even notice that. Mm-hmm. That's super cool. I like it. I like it. It's like he did it on purpose. He died there. On, no? Kind of creepy. It's very creepy, but <laughs> he's, gonna die he's been right alive for 300 years. Like, he had time please. to plan this out. <laughs> Speaking of that last graveyard scene, so they're always running to the graveyard because 
the witches can't step foot in the graveyard, correct? They can fly over it and they can touch them. They just can't step foot in the graveyard. Then why, when Winnie fell to the graveyard and she was sucking Thackeray's, not Thackeray, who was Max. sucking Max. Max's soul out, did she not like turn to dust right then? I'm a little confused on that rule. She was turning to stone. Right. And for okay. some reason, it took a little bit longer. Maybe her shoes were just like like stiletto not stilettos they were you know pointy so this is what happened i i, I read specifically about this okay, okay. good because i'm trying to like come up with something so um the witches aren't allowed to touch hollowed ground yes right so that's the reason that she turned to stone right the other witches turned to dust because they got flung into the air and they got a view of like the sun oh, the sun the sun and the sun is what turns them to dust winnie who is still on the ground uh, is slowly turning to stone. Like as soon as she touches the ground, she gets a couple of, of sucks off of off of Max, and then and then turns to stone. And Maybe then that's when, why it took her a little bit longer to die. Exactly. And then when the sun finally rises enough to hit the ground, that's when she turns to dust. All Beautiful. Right. Beautiful clarification. I needed that. Thank you. On that note, let's rate this movie. Luis, scale of one to ten, what would you give it? Mm, I'd give it a. About a six. A six? six? Explain yourself. Rotten Tomatoes? He is a rotten tomato. Go ahead. It's It wasn't my... I don't know. It's just... When it comes to Halloween, witches is not my most favorite theme. I'm more kind of like a, a monster squad kind of person. Okay. So that's why I'd give it a six. It, it, it has a, no particular... Um, the rating has nothing to do with the acting because, I mean, I thought the acting was kind of spot on for what Disney was shooting for. It just wasn't my cup of tea. All right. Miss Emily? My 90s heart wants to give it an 11 out of 10. It really does. But I would say, all things considered, I would probably give it like an 8. I think that it wasn't given the amount of awesomeness that it should have when it was originally rated when it came out which i realized that there were some issues in 93 when it came out um like it came out in july it's a halloween movie why would it come out in june or july that just makes no sense but um i also think that there were some things that they could have just fine-tuned and kind of tightened up some screws to make it better um but i really do enjoy it like a more um memorable score would have really made it for me Mm -hmm. i'm gonna rate it an eight as well Purely on the fact that when we first watched this, I could have sworn it was a Disney Channel original movie, which it is not. Had it been a Disney Channel original movie, I probably would have given it a 10. But since it wasn't, I'm giving it an 8 purely because it's, to me, it feels like a Disney Channel original movie. It's like that silly, lighthearted, it would have been a perfect 10. But it was given actually a big budget title. Yes. So I'm going to give it an 8. So, actually, about that, I, I, it was planned as a Disney Channel original movie, originally. But then, I think, when they decided to possibly go with Spielberg, they decided to bump it up to a feature, and then Spielberg said no, but they had already, like, upped the budget or whatever, so they just released it as a theatrical movie. As for me, I think I'm going to give it, like, a like a 7.5, like a solid middle-of-the-road uh, score. Like, I'll... I'll definitely watch this movie probably, if not every Halloween, like at least every other Halloween for like the rest of my life. Like it's a, it's, it's, it's in there. It's locked in to my brain as something that I'm going to watch and I want to watch. But I also acknowledge that it's not the most amazing movie. Like a, a lot of those jokes hit, but that pavement thing, Winnie, uh, singing is is amazing. But also it, it, it falls flat a little bit with some of its jokes, um, I can't. I can't even think of a specific one right now. But well, and it's interesting too because if if any of our listeners ever actually watch a movie with the four of us, we will laugh at things that really aren't funny, <laughs> oh, just yeah. because That's true. because we find like the humor in it, even though it's not really funny. Yeah, like we'll just give it that pity laugh. Yeah. I, oh, I give a lot of pity laughs for movies, which I don't need to do because the director's not like sitting there with me. I don't need to. I'm just just trying to be real nice. I'm just trying to be nice. Mm. So yeah, 7.5. Um, I do want to say, though, is that if any of you listeners are not 90s kids and or didn't grow up with this movie, like it wasn't a part of your already 
Halloween Halloween repertoire. How do you look at it? Because I think that we're right. all kind of jaded into that. It was just like it was bombarded around when I was young. And it's like an icon now. It's a Disney Halloween icon movie. It's Hocus Pocus. Everybody watches it. So I would like to see what other people think because it came in later and they might be a little bit more objective than I think Yeah, we definitely. Are. Yeah. I think they're they're still possibly thinking about doing a sequel, I think. Hocus I Pocus see- like that was that was that was like a lot of news came out about that like earlier this year. I saw some stuff for it, but I never take those two like I never take those advertisements too seriously just because you see them and people go nuts. Right. And then you're like, was that even real? Yeah. And then <laughs> it, and then it doesn't happen. So I guess I guess we'll see. If Hocus Pocus two comes out, you'll uh we'll be the first to uh to review it, I'm sure. We'll be there hitting the ground running. Um giving it pity laughs. Giving it pity laughs. Oh, so many pity laughs. Dead man's toe. <laughs> There was a lot of uh, people getting hit with Halloween bags of candy in this movie, and I, I loved it a lot. A lot of weaponry out of candy. Okay, so uh, we're gonna we're gonna wrap up. Um, oh, so what are we watching next time? What? Are, what, are, what? Oh my gosh, this is so exciting! We have a next week. That's Luis right. is actually going to be telling you what our next movie is going to be, and he's really excited because this is one he actually really likes. He's not usually a Disney like connoisseur, but this is a movie that he really enjoys. He was actually singing the songs earlier, so go ahead, Lou. Tell him what we're going to watch next week. We will be watching the movie Moana. That's right, Moana from twenty. 20- 16? 2017? When did this movie come out? It definitely didn't come out this year. Last year. Maybe the year before. I think it did come out this year. We should know this, guys. We apologize. It's 2016. I just... Guys, I googled it. Don't worry. You always gotta know Google. I nailed it. Uh, Yeah, so we'll be watching Moana uh, next week. It'll be um, coming out on Monday the 6th of... November. Monday, November 6th. Get ready for Moana. So watch the movie before then, I guess, or just listen to us talk about it. And if you there, haven't there will seen be, it... There will be spoilers for, oh, yes, for Moana. Uh, and if you haven't seen it, you should watch it because I'm just going to tell you now, we've all seen it and we already love it. Yes. So we're going to have to try to be objective. But and it's on Netflix right now. So if you have a Netflix account, go watch it. Get it. All right, you guys. Uh, we are the Walt Vault. Um, you can follow us on many different platforms. Subscribe to us on iTunes, first of all. Uh, we're on iTunes. We're on Google Play. I think I'm going to put this on YouTube as well, just the just the audio. So if you're listening on YouTube, uh, shout us out in the comments. Um, follow us on iTunes. Uh, leave us a review. That helps us get our... Um, our podcast name out there, get more subscribers and stuff like that. You can also follow us on Instagram. We are at Walt Vault Pod. Uh, our website is thewaltvaultpod.com. And you can find us on Facebook uh, by typing in The Walt Vault. And all the links to those will be in the description. I think we're also on Twitter at Walt Vault Pod. Waltvaultpod.com. Hit us up. You guys, we've been Walt Vault. <laughs> the Walt Vault. The Walt Vault. I, should I be able to say the name of my own podcast? Would that be a good thing to be able to do? I, you know. It's fine. Thank you all for listening. For the first time, the vault is closed.